Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now age of radio show we're talking to aaron walls and brett vegas they are the makers of the newest homebrewing machine out there called the beer maker you might have seen it it's kind of all over right now and it's an all-in-one homebrewing machine that you can use to make beer on your countertop it's it's a really simple machine and it takes care of the entire process and we're going to dive into how that works this week on homebrewing diy Hey, Homebrewing DIY listeners, I want to talk to you about a company that we have just started partnering with here at Homebrewing DIY, and that's Brewing America. Now, Kyle and Angela, they have this small business where they're actually making American-made hydrometers here in the United States. They and their team are making these really high-quality tools and high-quality hydrometers for you to get the most accurate readings that you could possibly get for your beer. We're talking about scales that you can actually read. We're talking about hydrometers that might be used for your situation. The example would be they have a hot side hydrometer that's adjusted for hotter temperatures. So you could actually take a hydrometer reading from a pre-boil wart. Think about that. How cool is that? And nobody, nobody else is doing that, right? You're getting these cheap Chinese hydrometers that are poor quality and when it comes to tools, I'm a big fan of gadgets and I'm a big fan of equipment, but this is a tool that you're going to use on every batch of beer. So you got to go check out Brewing America. They sell other things too. If you want cold brew coffee, they they make a, a cool cold, cold brew coffee kit. They have a really cool brewing glassware. You got to check it out. Brewingamerica.com. Head on over there and let them know that Homebrewing DIY sent you. Another thing, if you head to our website, homebrewingdiy.beer, you can use the banner and that'll also let them know that we sent you. So thank you and uh, check out brewingamerica.com. Welcome back to Homebrewing DIY, the podcast that takes on the do-it-yourself aspect of homebrewing. Gadgets, contraptions, and parts, this show covers it all. On this week's show, we're talking to Aaron Walls and Brett Vegas of the Beer Maker team. We're going to talk to them about their new, amazing, all-in-one homebrewing machine that you can make beer on your countertop. I, I, I got to go down to their shop and check out 
you know, what they're doing with the beer maker. I got to check out how they're building all of the kits that go with the beer maker. And it was kind of a cool experience. And we're gonna get into a lot of the details about this really cool machine. And a really cool part was that when I went down, I talked to them. They even sent me home with a machine and I had a chance to brew a beer on it. And so, you know, while we were doing the interview, I actually was sitting there drinking the beer that I made in a beer maker and I made a Kolsch and it actually turned out really, really great. So we're going to talk about what, what that experience was like. And so you can stick around for the interview and listen to my experience and and the experience of the beer maker. But first, I'd like to thank all of our patrons over at Patreon. It's because of you that the show can come to you week after week. You can get ad-free episodes, and you do get these episodes a bit earlier. As soon as I get them edited, I upload them straight to Patreon, and you can get those over at patreon.com forward slash homebrewingdiy. You, you only have to donate a dollar to get ad-free episodes, and I even send you a set of homebrewing DIY stickers. So uh, kind of some nice little tidbits for not very much money very, very valuable. So all of our patrons, I want to thank all of you who continue to be patrons. It's, it's really helps us support this show. Like I said, I have a day job. This is definitely a, a side thing for me and your donations help this show grow. And for example, you know, we now have articles being written by Chino and we have Ryan who's writing articles and these guys are super knowledgeable and I'm excited about some of the, the things that we're going to be talking about and writing about here in the future. And I'm super excited about all of that. And all of it was made possible by our patrons and all of our donations. So thank you. Another way to support the show is to head on over to coffee. That's ko-fi.com forward slash homebrewing DIY. There you can give one-time support. Another way to support the show is by supporting our sponsors. If you head to homebrewingdiy.beer, you're going to see a bunch of our sponsor banners there. There's Brewfather, there's Brew in a Bag, there is some of our newer sponsors like Keg Factory, and also we have a new sponsor this week, which is Brewing America. If you use any of those banners, they know we sent you, and therefore continue to support the show. So, you know, please, please support all of our uh, you can always write us a review if you're listening to us on apple Podcasts, just scroll up in your app leave us a five-star review and it helps others find the show and of course you can also write us a review over at podchaser.com and it's a cool little website so you should check it out if you're looking for a new podcast to listen to a great place to discover one uh, another thing that we're about to do is you know yesterday apple had their spring event i'm i'm kind of an Apple guy. I know that's kind of weird considering I'm into a lot of open source projects and Apple is definitely the opposite of open source. I just think they make great products. And so uh, I'm kind of into it. Well, I, I'm excited to say that I will be signing up for the their, their new podcaster program. And so if you are listening to us on Apple, you, you can't do it today, but you will be able to support the show by subscribing to the show via Apple and in the Apple podcast app. And I'm excited to be able to offer that to our guests. So uh, that, that will be another way you'll be able to support the show. So very exciting about that coming up. That'll be something that will come up in early May. So, you know, something else I'll be talking about. Well, 
I, I, I've got a lot going on in my brewery right now. I, I brewed a, a, a Kvike pseudo pilsner. I used the Opsfog yeast, the Kvike yeast. And I also just did 100% pilsner beer, saws, hops only. For some reason, my saws hops had actually some pretty low alpha acids. So kind of hitting that like 22 to 25 IBU range. Very, very simple recipe. If you head over to homebrewingdiy.beer, I actually uploaded the recipe, didn't really leave any comments, just uploaded it there for the recipe library. So if you want to check it out, you could download it and put in your own brewing software and try it out. And I did this under pressure. Uh, I got a spunding valve and I'm doing it under a 10 PSI the whole time. Kind of cool. Very exciting. I did find out that, uh, you know, a keg in my chest freezer with a spunding valve doesn't fit. So I actually had to do it like kind of at, at, at an angle to get it to fit in there. Kind of cool pointing up and uh yeah we'll we'll see how that beer turns out and i also have another beer going in the beer maker and so i've got a couple beers going on and kind of funny i actually made a kolsch in the beer maker and we're going to talk about that a bit later in the interview but i actually sent the beer uh, right now actually my homebrew club meeting is happening the, it's one of our first in-person meetings and all the guys that are meeting are fully vaccinated. I'm still a couple weeks out. And so I'm not doing an in-person meeting, but I did send my beer maker beer and had them all taste it and uh, looking forward to that feedback and uh, excited to see if they feel that it made a pretty good beer, which I think it did. So kind of cool. And uh, I, let's just dive into this week's episode where we do talk a little bit more about the beer maker. I'd like to welcome Aaron Walls and Brett Vegas from the beer maker team. Hey guys, how you doing? Hey, doing good. How are you? Awesome. Well, welcome to Homebrewing DIY. And I wanted to bring you guys on the show because we, you, I, I've seen your stuff everywhere, right? I got an email from the AHA. Uh, you guys are, def you've come out with this new machine that is a kind of countertop all-in-one uh, homebrewing machine that's uh, all grain. It's pretty, it's a pretty cool machine and very, very well designed. And, and, and you're, you're really just hitting the, the market right now. It's kind of just, I, I would say you're kind of right now in the place where you're kind of getting it pushed out, getting your name out there. And, uh, it's a, it's a pretty cool little unit. Uh, you know, I, I've had a chance to brew with one and, and, uh, and so now I've got you guys on the show and I, I think that we want to do a deep dive on it, but I, I think what we want to really dive into is let's talk a bit about your, your guys's homebrewing history. Cause you guys have some serious homebrewing roots and, and kind of how that turned into a, a countertop beer machine. So what, what, how did that journey happen? So we started out as a company making just beer brewing equipment, like you said. Um, <clears throat> in 2013, 2014, we were in development for this product called the Brew Jacket Immersion. And Immersion is a pretty incredible device. It allows space-constrained home brewers as well as um, commercial brewers with pilot systems uh, to have incredibly accurate fermentation temperature control without the use of a refrigerator or frozen two liters um, that you put inside of a jacket 
or any of these other kind of hacky methods that uh, we as home brewers tend to employ to keep our um, our yeast at the right temperature for whatever the style happens to be. So immersion was a, it still is, I mean, it's, we still sell it. It's a um, solid state thermoelectric heat exchanger that pulls heat out of your beer or pushes heat into it. And it maintains within, I think it's 0.3 degrees Fahrenheit of whatever your set temperature is. So you get these laser accurate fermentations and you could do it in your closet. You don't have to have a chest freezer or a second um, a second fridge, and it's a very uh, much so uh, a friendly for and let's call it uh, apartment brewers or those with significant others who don't want you to have another gigantic chest freezer. So that was one of the big um, one of the big uh, you know selling points of that particular device, and you know we've been selling it uh, for a long time and we've seen it picked up by um, you know thousands of, of home brewers it's it's been sold in over 30 countries over the world um, yeast laboratories um, brewing universities large breweries will pick it up for their pilot system so it was a really um, it was a really great device that served a pretty specific niche. Um, since immersion came out, we've seen a lot of other uh, ferment fermentation, you know, vessel companies com bring out their own temperature control um, system. So, you know, we 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 kind of started this whole thing. If I, if I'm so bold to say so, that we, um, you know, outside of the glycol chillers that were never available for the um, for the hobbyists or for the home brewers, like we kind of were the first in the market with a, a purpose-built product specifically for fermentation temperature control. Um, so that was where this whole thing started. And, you know, over the course of, uh, a, you know, a number of years selling it, we had conversations with just non-brewers even and um, described to them what we did and just tell them about fermentation temperature control devices and like, oh, that sounds awesome. But, you know, I, I don't brew beer. And then I would naturally ask them, well, why not? And, you know, the answers would come back as, well, it's too, either too hard or I've tried it before and it was awful, too much equipment or I don't have time. And, you know, those answers really started cycling. Um, you know, after talking to a few dozen people, started to pick out those patterns. And then um, it really, it really kind of, materialized in our brains of like, man, there's a real need here for a countertop system or not a countertop necessarily. That's where we eventually got to, but, um, to take the technology we've developed for, um, you know, commercial grade fermentation control and build it into a device that, um, everybody can use and try to, uh, break down the barriers because, you know, good fermentation control is the, one of the, the, the critical pieces to good beer. And all of the other consumer-focused systems, and even the um, let's call it the the enthusiast-focused systems like the Brewy or the Pico Z, you know, they just omit temperature control on fermentation altogether. So we saw that there was a huge opportunity to unite all the fronts of hot side, of cold side, and serving. So that's how we got here. But 
Yeah, and and I have to say that that was kind of the thing that, and, and I'll give a, a little bit of of experience of of what my experience is with beer makers so far. I I've been to your shop, right? I I've been to your your warehouse where you guys have all the beer makers. They have this really cool room filled with a bunch of brew makers brewing a bunch of beer, probably testing out new recipes and things like that. But it's it, it's a, it's a pretty cool little room to be in. But it is something where it it really is a unit that has the entire process of making beer built into it, right? And 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 I have to admit, through my personal experience so far, and, and here's here's my thought on on brewing. Home brewing is a lot of waiting, right? It's a patience game, and and a lot of people don't. When I when I talk to people about home brewing, hey, I want to get into home brewing. I say, hey, you have to really like to do dishes, and uh, if you don't like to clean, don't be a home brewer. And then B, you have to be patient, and it is really a, a true game of patience. We all brewed our first batch. We all went through the experience of of messing with it all the way through, right? You got your bottle conditioning and and you can't wait. So you open the one weekend and it tastes like crap. And there's just like it, it really and you wonder why your beer sucks is because you just didn't let it do its thing, right? Yeast makes the beer. You didn't let it you let it actually go through that full process. And and for me, I feel like with the with the beer maker. It is literally a machine that I can set and forget and beer comes out the other side. It's kind of, you know, it has very little active time from the brewer side. And I know that there's going to be a lot of homebrewers considering I'm a a homebrewing DIY show. They're going to send me emails being like, this is the part of homebrewing I love. I get it. I'm the same way. But there is very little active time with this machine. Um, I think somebody said it best. It feels like a bread machine, but it actually makes beer and actually better beer than a bread machine made bread. But uh, but the idea is that it, it when you think about it, you just kind of throw the ingredients in and beer comes out the other side. It's a really mind-blowing thing. And uh, how how did you get to that, right? Like how like does that make sense? Like how how did you like how did the thought process go process go from like an immersion chiller to end up becoming yeah. a full all in one system that has every single step there? I mean, honestly, man, I I had some kids, um, I and and the the time available to sit and wait for your water to get hot or to chill, um, or you know setting the timers for the hop additions or scrubbing pots down and fermenters all of that was real was was one one huge impetus to do this and it was um i love brewing but i hate cleaning and i hate waiting and i want to i want to brew without all of the labor and if i could somehow do that I can reclaim this thing I love that I feel like I lost because my life became too busy to actually continue brewing. So, yeah, so it was, it was, it was a long process of, of development and testing materials and designs and the, but always at the, the heart of what we were doing was um, eliminating the labor and the risk for for failure that was everything all of our design thought was around 
Well, what's interesting too, is all those things that you mentioned where it's like, it, it takes a long time or it's a lot of sitting and waiting. It's a lot of like those same steps that are sometimes a little frustrating and annoying for people are also the same steps that people screw up, you know, that, that it's introduction of, of, you know, you start oxidizing your beer or introduction of bacteria. So the same steps that kind of suck about brewing are also the ones that if you don't do right, that brew's ruined. And so you're kind we're kind of killing two birds with stones by two or two birds with one stone by, by automating those steps because we make it easy and we eliminate the, the, the major failure points. Yeah. I, I think that that's a, a really good point. Cause, uh, I, I constantly have conversations with beginning homebrewers. I, I think, you know, I, I, I have a, we we're a homebrewing podcast, a lot of beginning homebrewers. This is, this is a learning method, right? When I learned how to homebrew, I dove into all the podcasts that were around at the time. Like that's how I got into homebrewing to when I, my first batch was in 1998. There were no podcasts then, but once I like decided I was going to really homebrew for, for serious, there were a few. Right. And, and that's, and, and that's part of my learning method. I'm a very audio learner and I have a lot of listeners that are also beginners. Right. And for me, it's something where the number, the kinds of questions that I constantly answer as somebody who gets a lot of homebrewing questions are really geared around things like how do I keep oxygen out of my beer? How do I not get infections? Uh, Does this piece of equipment make my beer better? Uh, How, how do I manage uh, my water profiles? Right. It's all the, the kind of process stuff that comes into it. And I have to say that this machine really does it. I don't feel like I made beer. And beer came out the other side. Like it really feels that way. And I, and I'm, and it's, it's a really weird thing to be sitting here saying that. Cause I was actually kind of in disbelief. And the crazy part of it is this is an all grain system. This is a system that it doesn't take the fun part out of homebrewing. I can still make my own recipes. I can still, the creative part of homebrewing and the part that I love about homebrewing is still there. Right. And I think that that's really where beer maker in my essence has really come together in a really cool piece of like technology and homebrewing is that the creativity isn't gone. I don't have to buy your kits. Like don't get me wrong. You guys sell stuff for a beginning homebrewer. Great. But I don't have to buy your kits. I could go to my local homebrew shop um, and buy the equipment. I mean, and buy the ingredients that I want to make a beer out of. And scale it down to a 1.3 gallon size and boom, it's ready to roll. It's, it's not that it, like the creativity doesn't go anywhere. And that is something that was, well, that's, a, that's really the beauty of it in our mind it is, is, is we think it, it doesn't just, it eliminates all the bad steps, but it, it, un, it's not just, we, you still have the creativity. It's, we think it actually helps you kind of unleash some of that creativity because you're, not focused on the time. You're not focused on the risk, the resources you invest in any given five, 10 gallon brew. It's like, you're making a, it took you five, 10 minutes, right? Like maybe you're going to take some more risks next time. Maybe you're going to do some crazy stuff. Like it, it, it shifts the focus more on the ingredients and more of the beer and less about just the process, which is important obviously, but it isn't the, the inspiring part. Exactly. So if you were to spend eight hours on your brew and three weeks fermenting it out, would you put half a box of Lucky Charms in it? People do, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you're less exactly. likely to want to do that. People were doing, exactly, that, on their, right? people were doing the... that on their second try with our machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's and, crazy. And, 
Yeah, and to me, it's like uh, I'm I'm part of the beer. I I went and joined the beer maker, uh, home, the owners group on Facebook, and I'm seeing all the crazy beers people are making. Uh, they're trying to talk Brewfather into making a fermentation uh, into building a profile into it. Right there, the, the enthusiasm is still there for this machine that you would see for any other type of brewing. You know, I I'm part of like brewing a bag groups, right? And there's enthusiasm around that style of brewing, and there's enthusiasm around the sty- style of brewing that you you're going to get from like uh uh just you know doing partial mash there's there's an entire group on that right and all of the people that are in all of these groups have the way that they've chosen to brew and they're very enthusiastic about it and and the owners group at least feels the same way for me you still have the same kind of conversations i see where it's like uh hey uh i've come up with a 3d printed mod to do this to be able to fo- fill bottles easier right people are are as ingenuitive with this machine as you would see with any other machine uh it it feels kind of like it's that kind of it, it's just a platform right I, I i come from tech companies and that that's that we always talk about platforms beer maker is just another brewing platform and in all reality it has some 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 very very niche things about it and we're going to get into them but uh and and i think that might be a good thing to talk about because l- let's talk through what the process of a standard beer is i i made i'm actually right now as we're doing this i'm drinking the first beer i made out of my beer maker which is which is a kolsch it tastes great i i'm drinking it as we speak right here uh i tapped this yesterday and it could be a little more carbonated uh, but that's in one day right in a week it'll probably be perfect but uh let, let's talk a bit about uh, wh- what that actual brewing process happens with every batch, right? What does that look like? And, and, and because beer maker does do some stuff on the hot side that's very, very different than the normal brewing process. And, 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 and you guys have come up with some really innovative ways around getting around some of this stuff. So let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So from a material design perspective a usability perspective materials um you know the the challenge was when designing this machine is how do you make it easy and the hardest part about designing a brewing machine is how to handle the boil i mean obviously that's coming from somebody who um has built fermentation equipment it's like yeah going really on the hot side and pumps and different um chambers to manage hops like that's it's all very complicated and drives the cost up astronomically as well as reliability issues and all that i mean if you just look at the multiple iterations of all the other brewing machines that have attempted to do that they're incredibly complicated and they're multiple thousands of dollars so we made the decision to make it more accessible to people and um eliminate the boil and that does a lot of things for us. Um, it allows us to um, remove the, uh, let's call it a number of, of interactions that um, you would be forced to have as a brewer. Um, and um, such as, let's say, filling up different modules for um, hop additions. So we can eliminate that part of the UX. Um, then you... 
um, also have additional cleaning. You now have pumps because you have to route them through different places. Um, that's incredibly costly. Um, getting up to boiling temperatures, you're now dealing with different materials, which is also incredibly costly. So we made the decision pretty early on to, um, to investigate all of the scientific um, and, and chemistry-related reasons and um, ways that we could get the same result without using a boil. So um, when you start a beer maker batch, you fill your system with water where you attach a bag first, um, which is where all the brewing happens in. And then you fill it with water and you fill it with malt and you hit go. It brings it up to about 165 degrees very slowly over the course of about six hours or so. Um, this process is a very, um, it's a very long and slow process that it, it essentially emulates step mashing, where you hit all of your enzyme activation temperatures along the way. Um, and then you get up to about 165 as a mash out temperature, and it pasteurizes everything in the system and then cools it all down. And um, so we don't get hot enough to convert the S-methylmethionine to the dimethyl sulfide. Um, and if you were to get up to a boil, you would have to boil all of that DMS off. But because we never get up there, we're never forming DMS to begin with. So the end result of this thing is, you know, you are hitting protein um, enzyme temperatures. Um, you are coagulating those proteins. You get a really nice hot break. You are... Um, you're hitting your sacrification rest and you're mashing out and you're not pulling excess tannins out either. So we saw more reasons to eliminate the boil than we saw to engage in a boil from a design and from a final beer perspective. Um, the biggest hole in that obviously is hops. How do you handle hops? And um, because you need to isomerize your acids somehow, some way. So um, we worked with a lot of um, you know, hop scientists as well as um, brewing scientists, um, and we developed a new method for processing cone hops, and uh, we, they go through a proprietary steaming process where we steam the hops in our facility in Boulder, and we steam them for 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes or 60 minutes. And then the, they get dried, pelletized, and packaged. And the end result of that is you throw a 60-minute steam hop of Cascade in while you pitch your yeast. And it tastes like you just boiled it with Cascade for 60 minutes. You have the same hop profile, um, the same bitterness, and the same oils enter your beer and they're adjusted oils. So there's far less mercine in that cascade 60 minute than there would be in a raw cascade because it's volatized off because it's been steamed for 60 minutes. So it's, it's a really fascinating way to handle it. And the end result is now hops are as easy to handle as grains in your mash. You can use crystals or specialty malts, you can use two row, you just throw them all in at once and you hit, you hit your mash temps and you've got a very complex wart out of it. We're just doing the same thing with hops. 
So like the, like the malting house treating their, their barley in different temperatures and times, we're doing the same thing with hops and you throw them all in with the yeast and you get a very robust product that you are able to mix and match and put whatever hop schedule in that you'd like. All right, Aaron, let's just hold that thought real quick because I'd like to just do a quick, quick word from our sponsors. And then when we come back, uh, we'll dive in a little bit more and talk more about the beer maker and get back to this conversation. So just give me one second. Hey, homebrewers. As you know, I, I want to talk to you a bit about one of our favorite sponsors right here, and that's that's the Cake Factory. You know, the Cake Factory is a local homebrew shop, and they're based out of San Antonio, Texas. And I, for one, am a huge supporter of your local homebrew shop. And, you know, sometimes you got to buy stuff online. Sometimes you may not be close to a local homebrew shop or just you feel that you're going to get the kind of service that you need. And all I have to say is if you're looking for that, Keck Factory is the place for you. They, they serve, they, they sell everything. They have a, a huge, huge inventory of, of all kinds of brewing equipment, ingredients. They sell it all, right? And the cool thing about Keg Factory is that you can actually get keg cash from them. They have a rewards program that once you make an account for every dollar purchased, you're going to get a point and 50 bonus points just for signing up. And you're going to be able to use those points to get cool free stuff. So, you know, they have a loyalty program for their customers. You're going to get free shipping on any orders over 75 bucks. So, you know, a couple of batches. I, I don't know. Every time I go to the homebrewing store, it's always a hundred bucks. So really just getting that free shipping is going to be great. And then you have uh, real brewers that brew daily and they're there to answer your questions. So you, you could pick up the phone, you could call keg factory right now. And on the other side of that is going to be a knowledgeable homebrewer. That's going to be there to help you. And so, you know, go ahead, give them a call, ask them a question. They're there for you. And the other part is that they're able to split any of your orders into four equal payments. So if you're looking to get something big, let's say you're going to buy a all-in-one brewing system like a brew, brew father, or you want to go big and buy a, a, a Blickman system, you know, three vessel and spend $3,000, you could do that in four equal payments and make that interest free and not have to pay any of that and do it in four payments and and really just make that an easier process to get. So head on over to kegfactory.com and check them out and make sure you tell them that Homebrewing DIY sent you and thank them for supporting the show. All right, now let's hop back into where we left off in our conversation. And as you remember, we were discussing dry hopping. So let's get back into it. Yeah, dry hopping is still the same process as it always has been, right? So, uh, for mm-hmm. example, you know, hazy IPAs with a lot of late edition hops and uh, and or and no boil hops. Uh, you know, that process could be very similar to what you do now. You would just throw the hops in with the mash, mash it out. Um, that would give you your hop stand and then you would then turn around and uh add your your uh, you would then turn around just add your dry hops into the system just like any other dry hop and it's gonna just work right um yep it's the the only place that this is kind of weird is in that bittering hop phase 
And I've used the steam hops on, on a single batch of now I've, I've got a second batch going already. Uh, cause you know, it's, it's super simple. You just take the bag out and swap a new one in. And while you're drinking one batch, another batch is being made. It's kind of cool. And, and I will throw out, you guys threw the extra, uh, rings in there so that you could do that. I noticed that I was like, eh, that's oh, yeah. smart. So, uh, no, you set up, set yeah, up for back to back fruits. Yeah. Very well thought out. Uh, so, but, but, it's kind of it's it's pretty cool. I want to talk about the bag a bit because it is kind of a cool piece of technology, even though it's just a plastic bag. Uh, but it, it emulates a conical fermenter, right? It, it it has even all of the same functions of a conical fermenter in a plastic bag. And and kind of talk about what what you guys were thinking about in that process too. Yeah. So the bag was was um, another one of those innovations that we had to had to settle on because um, we wanted to create a system that did not use pumps pumps are expensive they break they require cleaning so we thought yeah a bag would be a good way because you can manipulate the size of a bag by you know putting objects in front of or squeezing it so we have, have the squeeze bar where we can change the bag volume from four and a half liters to three and a half liters to one liter. And it just pushes that volume up into the brewing chamber. So the bag was huge. Um, you have a, a top port where it connects to your brewing chamber and a bottom port that connects to a waste bag that sits underneath it. And we have a 15 degree angle on it um, that weight on the bottom of the bag and you know, regular conical fermenters, they require 60, 70 degree angles. But because we have height restrictions, we were trying to build this device to fit under your kitchen cabinets. We couldn't get it much bigger than 18 inches. So we added a vibratory motor to the back of the um, to the back of the unit that would shimmy the yeast down. And that 15 degree angle plus the vibratory motor allows you to get a clean beer coming out of the bottom side of it. So. The yeast settle out, um, the vibratory motor shuffles them all down into another chamber underneath the bag, and then you have quick disconnects that pop the bag out, and now you're not transferring the beer or exposing it to um, oxygen or germs because you just have a bag of beer in your hand, and you drop it into your beer tap, plug those valves in, and voila, you, you've, just, you've just packaged your beer. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it really is kind of that easy. Uh, one one thing I I will talk about when we talk about the 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 the, the vibratory mortar, um, it is kind of loud, right? That it's uh, and I will say uh, I'm glad I uh, I'm I'm telling you guys like I it's something I hear. You know, if, if when people talk, I've, I've read a bunch of blogs about the beer maker, and and the the one criticism people say is, uh, you know, the machine's kind of loud, right? Uh, and it's that vibratory motor. You do have a setting to where you say, hey, it only comes on during certain hours of the day. Uh, obviously, if it weren't a pandemic and people were off at work, you could be like, hey, it only vibrates while I'm at work. Nobody cares, right? Um, my wife immediately kicked me to the garage with it, so it has no limit on it because I can't hear it anyway. But uh, uh, you know, yeah, I, we I try want- to give you as much controls, but. Yeah, if you're if you're stuck in a dorm room with uh, a bunch of other people trapped around you sharing walls, sitting in it all day, then it causes problems. Yeah, it it is a little loud, but but it's 
to me, it's like, it doesn't even really run that often, right? It's, it's something that, uh, it kind of intermittently comes on. You hear a little buzzing and to me, I'm like, Oh, that's my beer brewing. That, that's the, no, the we're, process. Yeah, we're putting head. some new controls too, where like, say you just happen to be in the middle of a meeting or a movie or whatever it is, you can just go hit the silence button and snooze it right away. Um, so, so there's, there's two ways, like you set your times, but then you can also just kind of go shut it up when you need to shut it up. Yeah. Exactly. But it's a, it's, I mean, it serves a function, right? And that function is, is that it does give you a cleaner beer. Um, one thing I will notice from my personal experience was that when I went to the bag, there wasn't a bunch of like, you know, the bag has creases, it has seams in it, right? There's not a bunch of yeast sitting in your seams. Um, it, it, it is all floating down into that waste bag. Um, one thing for me is that, uh, and, and this is something I got from the owner's group is like, there's people of like, Hey, do you push the bubbles out of the waste bag or do you not? Um, my thought process was don't cause then it just, you know, it's CO2 and, and it makes it so that you don't make it is if, if I go with a liquid to liquid connection, I risk, you know, a little bit of spillage, even though it's a quick disconnect. Um, having that little, that little CO2 pocket in there would just like, you know, just gives you enough space, right? That's the way I see it. I mean, personally, uh, but, I can't uh, help it. Yeah. I, I, I push those bubbles out every time. <laughs> so there you go. Well, I mean, and, and, well, that's, what's kind of fun, right? So, I mean, for the, I mean, obviously everyone hasn't seen this thing before, but like it's a soft bag. It's a, it's a manipulative bag and then it's got a waste container at the bottom and, and you made a Kolsch and the Kolsch has a little bit less waste than say like a heavy hop one. Um, but you can jump in there and you can slap the bag. You can manipulate it. You can, you know, you sometimes there's this little nose that sometimes catches a little bit you flick it, close the door hit the hit the vibe motor and it and it just runs it right in but i personally think it's so cool that you can open this thing and watch primary for tension just like primary fermentation just like cranking and the bubbles just going and you yeah and you can get in there and help come on that's the that is actually everybody's favorite part about homebrewing is watching the fermentation right the second i switched to kegs for fermentation and i can walk to my glass carboy and see everything churning i was like oh the that was my favorite part the cool thing about the beer maker you can still you can open the door and just like look at it and you can actually see it churning in there going nuts um it it, it, it like you don't lose that kind of piece of of the homebrewing experience that's still there uh i i feel like you know the other piece that i love um, that I really liked about the beer maker was the price point, right? Um, you guys have, have really, I think, you know, it's, it's not as expensive as a grandfather. It's not as cheap as a mash and boil. It kind of lands right there in the middle. But to me, it's something where if I were to take all of the functions of a brewery, Right. So I'm going to, you know, go and buy a kettle and I'm going to go and get a burner and then I'm going to get a chest freezer and I'm going to get fermentation control on the chest freezer. I'm going to go build myself a tap system of some sort, right, to be able to keg it and have it on draft, even in a small format version. All of those things are going to cost more than a beer maker machine is. Whereas when I've seen other all in one brewing machines, they're more then it would cost for you to build it yourself. And so for me, it's something where I, I think you guys have kind of got it into a place where there's real value there in that I could have an all grain setup that has temperature control and beer on draft in my house. And let's just say uh, I, I did an entire show on apartment brewing and brewing one gallon batches. Trust me, there's an entire huge community beer geared around that size of a batch of beer. And you could have all of that kind of equipment at a price that like it would cost you like, you know, twice to that to really do that. And, and how did, you know, 
was, was that a thought consideration when you guys were doing it? I know that, you know, you guys, it's a business, you got to make money, but was that part of the process was like, this has to be something that's affordable. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> ultimately, I, yeah, absolutely. We want this to be a tool for homebrewers who are a little less price sensitive, I'd say, because they've already invested thousands of dollars. But for us, the real challenge is bridging that gap between true homebrewers and just the casual beer lover. And if you want to hit the casual beer lover, it has to be reasonably affordable because these are folks who aren't investing the time, money, et cetera, today. So we need to make it easier. And, and one of those barriers is going to be price. Yeah and, li- yeah, and likewise, if you have the setup already, you know, you've got your $3,000 SS Brewtech setup, you know, being able to pull something that is affordable so you can in five minutes do a quick, you know, experimental batch and prototype out a few different, you know, a few different experiments, then scale it up. So it's, it, it becomes this really versatile piece in any arsenal. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and just, so, just like people that are listening, this machine's around 579 with the draft system included. Right. So this isn't like, um, when we talk about like other types of equipment like this, um, you know, when we look at other, it, when we look at the iterations of all, like all in one brewing systems, there have been systems in the past that were many thousands of dollars. I remember the one system that I saw at great American beer festival a few years ago that was made by like, I think it was made by like Maytag or somebody. And it was like, it was a huge machine and you, it had like taps on it. It was like $3,000. And, and I, and I actually literally thought to myself, who's going to actually buy this thing? Like uh, I'm a home brewer and I would never buy this thing because of a, it's super cost prohibitive, but it doesn't really solve any of my problems. Right. Like it's just, right. Uh, yeah. The vest. Yeah. That's yep, yeah. That thing. And, and, um, and then there were other machines that like, you know, I think have taken off, which are all hot side, right? When we think about like the grandfather and we think about mash and boils. And I think that they've definitely made homebrewing a lot more approachable when it comes to people thinking about like, Hey, what am I going to do to make a five gallon batch? Hey, few hundred dollars. And you've got a machine that's going to take care of all of your hot side, right? The cool thing about this machine is that it's kind of got the fermentation and it's also got the serving kind of built in there. And cause those are the kind of, those are the parts that even when somebody's investing in an all in one brewing system, they never really, none of them are doing fermentation and serving. And so those two pieces are added costs onto those. So, and, and I'll, I'll use, uh, you know, brew father is an example. I mean, the Grainfather is a, is an example. Um, not to like mash to, to, to bash them. They've got a great product. It's just that, you know, it's, it's an all in one brew kettle with pumps and it works on an app, which is great. But then, you know, the cold side, you have to buy the fermenter from, from grandfather as well. So you're now into the thousands of dollar range. Once you get there, then that's temperature controlled as well. And then you still have nothing to serve from, right? You still have to come up with some sort of kegging system or, or, you know, obviously bottles, right? So, um, for me, it's something where you guys have kind of nailed all those pieces for that one gallon size. And it's an all in one system. And I think a price point that's, that's super doable. Um, what, what is it that, you know, 
like, for example, what are the kind of cool hacks and, and just kind of think you guys obviously have seen what people have done with your machine so far, right? What are some of the cool things that you've seen people get a hold of this machine and do? You talked about like people throwing like boxes of cereal in it. That's awesome. But what, what are some other kind of things that like, you know, I, I, I'm a home brewer. The people that listen to this are, are kind of hacky home brewers. So, you know, what are the kind of cool things that like I get this machine, what can I really do with it and, and, and be creative with it? Yeah. So the, probably the first is, is people picking up a lot of those extra valves and they're just they're pumping they're and they're pumping through beers and they're like taking their bags and they're just lining up their fridge with them they're stacking them up to age them um, and they're doing crazy styles like double triple mashes um they're doing long long oak ages pulling it out putting them into barrels um like the I, i'd say that that sort of versatility is huge um We've seen, um, a, there's one guy, um, Nate Spector. Oh, hey, hi, Nate. Um, I've been working with Nate a lot on making um, gluten-free programs um, on the, on the, the, the machine. Um, and, you know, we haven't spent any time doing gluten-free stuff, but um, Nate is celiac and is really, um, really into gluten-free beer and, and making his own. And so he picked up a beer maker on a lark and really he just, he, before he bought it, he, he emailed and he was like, Hey, is it, is it even possible? And I was like, it's absolutely possible. We haven't spent time on it, but you're welcome to do it and I will help you. Um, so we've been, we've been designing the right mash program, the right holds, the right times to put enzymes in. And he's been, uh, making some pretty awesome gluten-free beers from buckwheat from um sorghum and millet and rice i mean it's 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 pretty incredible to see that degree of versatility um we've had uh, people go into sours with it uh which is really exciting um you know and and that obviously it also takes an, another another brewing program you know our uh our diy section of the app we're still building it out so people will just email me and they're like, "Hey, I want to do this crazy thing." It's like, "Awesome. I'll let's make a let's make a schedule like make just we'll just make the program for your beer maker and we'll send it to it. And we'll see what happens. We'll watch it. You know, and if it's doing what you want it to do, then you know, let me know and I'll stop watching it and you can keep on going. Otherwise, like we can you can send revisions in real time to it. So there's been a lot of like, "Hey, let's bang let's bang on this thing and see see what we can make. And it's been incredibly fun to um, have the community be so involved in that and to be, um, to, to be working with them while they're exploring what the capabilities of this machine are. Um, you know, and we've only been around for a couple of months and it's incredibly exciting to see what people are pulling off with it. Yeah. And, and if you were to say like, uh, Hey, um, what what does beer maker look like to you in a year right um obviously i know that you guys uh 
yeah, you, you said uh, we're going to work on the app some more, that kind of stuff, right? And and the app is really good, right? So um, one thing that I like about uh, the beer maker is you know you can go into the app and you can you can do your DIY stuff and it's real simple. Um, but it is also something that like, you know, if this thing isn't connected to the internet, it's still going to go through the program. It, it, you know, it, it doesn't become a brick without an internet connection. So, um, I think that that's also something that's great about it, but, uh, let, let's, I, I'd love to talk about what does beer maker look like to you a year from now or two years from now? I mean, there's a little bit of everything. I mean, to Aaron's point, what's so cool about this is, is, you know, you came into our shop, we've got, what, 16, 17 beer makers lined up in a room and we're brewing as much beer as we possibly can. But we've got over a thousand out in the wild right now. And so they're doing more than we could do. And so at this point in our life as a company, we are listening to everything that everybody says. You mentioned this beer maker owners group. They are so awesome. They are so passionate. And we are lurking on the sideline of this group, listening and watching and seeing what this thing needs to take it there. Um, you know, we've been talking about brewfather integrations. How do we how do we make recipe and DIY stuff easier? And then there's the other side of it too, where if we if we move ourselves away from these super informed, super engaged homebrewers, it's like how do we just make this easy and fun for your buddies who don't brew but love your beer? You know, like how how do we make it more accessible to all these other people? And that's where we're starting to make these super easy plug and play kits. We're we're messing around with you know, new yeast strains where we can maybe make beer in like five, six days. Um, we're talking to multiple breweries around Colorado, around the country to start doing partnerships. Like there's just a lot of really, really fun stuff where we can take this, but kind of back to what Aaron was saying, it all comes down to what people want to do with this and what they really want to see, because it's just a tool. It's really just a tool. And we're just trying to package it in the easiest, most user-friendly way possible. Well, guys, I, I want to thank you for coming on Homebrewing DIY. Uh, and uh, I have to say, uh, this was a, a cool conversation to really kind of deep dive into the product. I know we, we talked when I was at the shop and we, and, and we, we tasted some beers and we, and we kind of BSed about it. But it's, it's kind of cool to really talk about like, you know, the thought process that went into this machine because it, it is a... a the one criticism I will have of it, and it's a good criticism actually, is that this is a very, very well designed machine. And this, and, and I'm somebody who really appreciates design in the way of like, it has a single button, right? Like to me, like uh, aspects of good design are things like you push one button and it works, right? Um, it's, uh, it, it if you watch the videos, it's something where I'm sitting there. I watched the videos before I, I made my first batch and I was like, Oh man, this kind of feels complicated. But then once you do it, it's not at all. It's, it's actually very, very simple. And, and all of the steps are so easy that um, anybody can follow them. And so it is, it, it feels like the entire process is very focused on, you know, somebody who is a beginner and doesn't know what they're doing when it comes to the beer making process. But it also, even with somebody who's advanced, uh, I felt like I was learning because it is a new process, right? So it, it is a, it, it's, it's a cool machine and I'm excited for um, the, the cool things I'm going to do with this machine. Um, you guys have no idea. Uh, I'm going to be on that list of people that are doing all crazy stuff with your machine. Um, I'm very hacky. And, uh, and, uh, and so the idea is that, uh, 
you know, I'm excited about the cool things we're going to do with this machine and, uh, and, and, you know, see the, see what, what kind of cool beer batches I make out of it over the next year. But, uh, I want to thank you guys for coming on the show because it, it was a, it was just, just a great conversation and, and, and to really dig into it. And thank you so much. I want to thank Brett and I want to thank Aaron for taking the time to come on the show. You need to go check out the beer maker. Just Google beer maker, B E E R M K R. And I'll have a link in the show notes to their website. So you can check it out. It's a pretty cool machine. And if you're looking for an easy way to make beer, it's, it's definitely that uh, we will do feedback next week on the show. I just, it, it's a long show and I've got a pile. so we'll do it all next week. Well, that's it for this week. And we'll talk to you next week on Homebrewing DIY.